0: Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church Podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This is week two of our worship series, Love the Inside Job. And this week, we dive into this understanding of self-worth, what it means to know, to understand truly and deeply what it means to know that we are worthy to care for ourselves as a piece and part of God's created order. And so I invite you to listen in today as we explore this theme, continue to unpack self-care. A reminder that our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube channel. This specific worship service is linked in the podcast notes, and we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can do this using your favorite podcasting app, or you can head on over to our website and check out the Sermons tab on our main menu. If you're feeling really generous and you would love to support the missions and ministries here at Beech Grove United Methodist Church, there is a link in the notes to donate to our to what we are doing here in the Suffolk community and friends. We would love it if you would find us on Facebook and Instagram to follow along with all the things we have going on here at Beech Grove, whether you live in Suffolk or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. The first scripture lesson comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make humans in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humans in their image. In the image of God, they created them. Male and female, they created them. And our second scripture comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, on the basis of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouraging, the giver in sincerity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through your word for us this day, we would continue to know and grow in our own care as we continue to strive to care for others in your name. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Uh, So it has been quite the week. Um, I mean obviously. Uh, you, you don't have sermon notes this morning, so uh, I, I consider myself a little lucky that I uh, have a sermon to present, but luckily the Spirit, uh, I, I have invited the Spirit to flow through me. So may these not be my words, but God's words, as I always ask for them to be. Um, but today, as we go through our scripture, I realize that we, have taken, that we are taking this time to enter this uh, area of self-care, and in entering this area of self-care it causes us to really begin to put aside these notions and understandings of what we think humanity should look like and as we continue to dive into this nature and as i've i've gone into this nature in the past number of months we begin to see pushback on this idea of self-care we begin to see pushback because this nature of self-care is not something that we really focus on a whole lot in our society. In fact, this understanding of taking time out of your day or taking time out of your schedule to do self-care is often seen as selfish, right? If I'm not, if I'm not doing something for someone else, then what worth does it often offer to society? And it's become difficult because in that, we not only devalue this understanding of self-care in our lives, this idea that that we should care for ourselves, but then we also devalue this nature of self-worthiness. Because our worth becomes defined by what we can offer society. Right? My worth to society is only as much as the sermon that I'm able to preach. My worth in society is based on what I am able to offer to a church as a pastor. My worth in society is based off of how good a father I am to my kids, of how good a husband I am to my wife. Not based in the fact of how I am able to care for myself. And yes, all of those things that I listed are very good things for me to be knowledgeable and aware of because I am a pastor, I am a father, and I am a husband. But if I'm not caring for myself, then what does that mean for my ability to do those other things? Right? Does it put me in the right mindset to be able to truly and fully care for others who I have been tasked to care for? And so you see, when we begin to break down this understanding that self-care is selfish, we begin to not only unlock this nature that we deserve to care for ourselves, but not just that we deserve it, but that we are worthy to have that care in our lives. It's one of those difficult things to practice, to care for yourself, because oftentimes we see it as getting in the way of doing what society says we should do, right? If I care about myself, if I take this time off work, what does that say for the people who are still there? If I take this time away from my family, what does that say about the, about the family that is not there to be cared for in my presence? Right? so how do we reconcile this nature? Because we are each unique persons. And yet I look out in a society, and even this nature of self-care tells me that I have to look a certain way, that I have to act a certain way, that I have to make a certain amount of money in order to truly be valued in this world. But self-care, true self-care tells us that we are valued by the very nature of being a created being of God. And this is why self-care is such an important part of our lives. Right. Last week, we opened up this understanding of self-care by talking about the parable of the Good Samaritan, by talking about the Great Commandment and how in the Great Commandment, we learn that we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we're not willing to care for ourselves, then how will we, one, ever truly know what it means to actually love our neighbor, or two, have the mental understanding or capacity to offer love to its fullest extent to those whom we encounter? We have to honor the intention that God sets before us as being created in God's image. And these two scriptures before us today, these, these two verses from Genesis 1, and then these nine verses from Romans 12, really begin to help us gain insight into this understanding. And you see, here's where i talked about, we're, we're reading the Bible in a different way. right? Because we've, we've gone through Romans 12 recently. I know because I keep record of all the scriptures that I preach from. We've gone through Romans 12 very recently. But I wanted us to look at it in a different light, because when we looked at Romans 12 last time, we looked at it from a nature of spiritual gifts. We looked at it in a nature of what we can give to a community. But you see, here's the cool thing. When we read Romans 12, when we look at it in this different light, in this different context that we have before us today, we begin to see that not only does Jesus, when Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan, to go and care for your neighbor... And then as we talked about last week, puts in there the understanding that the Samaritan actually does take an opportunity to care for himself in the midst of caring for the man. But now here from Paul, we get that same understanding. And it starts in the story of creation. Right, It starts in this creation story that we have in Genesis 1, the first creation story that we have here, where we we see the seven days of creation. And we see, as the writer expounds upon these seven days of creation, the writer gets to the sixth day, the day in which humanity is finally created. And what is the story that we are told? where we read in Genesis 1, let us create humankind in our own image. Right in the church, we call, the, we call this verse, we call the nature and the ideology we get from this verse, the imago dei. That is the image of God. That is this understanding that each and every one of us are created in God's image. Now here's the thing. I'm not talking about a physical image because we all look very different. I'm not necessarily talking about an emotional image because we all emote differently. Got that word right. Not in a mental image because we all have our own mental struggles and mental capacities. But friends, we are created in God's spiritual image. Because at the end of the day, it is the spiritual connection to God that identifies the way and nature that we were brought into this world. The breath and the soul That is given to each and every one of us. The spirit that resides within us. is that of God's love and grace that is poured out upon our lives. And friends, if we just stopped right there. Then there should never be a question. About our nature of worthiness about the worthiness of anybody on the face of this earth, of the worthiness of anybody who has been created by God. If we stopped right there, we would note the way in which God's presence is not just here within this building, not just here within our own hearts, but God's presence is across the entire face of the world. And we see how when we bring that mentality into things, it not only changes how we view the world, but it changes how we view ourselves and our connection to the world. Because as we interact with the world, we carry this image with us, and it fosters this idea of sacred worth. Right in the Methodist church, we we say within our doctrine that we believe all persons are of sacred worth. It's up to us to put it into practice, and friends, it it starts inside our own hearts, Because I can tell you sometimes that because the hardest person to love is myself, that sometimes if I'm struggling to love myself, and this is nothing against anybody, it makes it a lot harder to see the love in my neighbor. God gives to us because our created nature is, And if we do not fully understand this, then how are we ever going to truly unlock this nature of self-worth that exists in our lives? Right? If last week we defined why self-care becomes an important, vital part, not just of our life, but of our faith, then the first place to start from there is to name that we are worthy to care for ourselves. And so where does Paul take us? Right, Paul takes us here in Romans 12, diving into this discourse here, these first eight verses here. We remember that no part of self-care is separated or divorced from any nature of understanding our care for others, right? Jesus links those two. One, cannot, one should not happen without the other. Now we tend to practice one without the other. And in this passage... Paul now invites us to jump in and understand. right? And so um, if, you, if you look in your Bibles, if you look in, in your pew Bibles at Romans 12, you'll see that uh, this scripture passage is labeled new life in Christ. And Paul is trying to identify for believers what this life in Christ looks like. And Paul starts out saying to the, to the hearers of this passage, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, there is a lot there. There is a lot there. And, and y'all, that's just the first verse. And I promise, I'm, I'm, I'll wrap up here someday. Um, but there's a lot there in that first verse, but there's a lot there in that first verse that really opens up for us what is happening in the rest of what Paul is telling us. So Paul is telling us our bodies are meant to be a living sacrifice. So that's the first part, a living sacrifice that is both holy and acceptable. Now, depending on which version you read, the New New International that Sydney read for us had, said, um Uh, holy and, and pleasing, and then that it is our spiritual worship. And so what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? What does it mean for it to be holy and acceptable to God? And what does it mean for our bodies to be a form of spiritual worship? It means we have to care for them. it means we have to care for them. Because if I can't care for my body, if I can't care for my soul, if I can't care for my spirit, then I'm sorry to be blunt, but then what can we do for God truly? What can we do for God? And so the answer to this first passage is to remind ourselves that we are created in God's image. And so that means if, if we are meant to be a living sacrifice, that we are meant to be the living embodiment of who can God and should of who God can and should be in this world. Taking this example from Christ, just as Paul is saying that this is what your new life in Christ looks like, we are called to look like Christ. And we're gonna we're gonna dive into some of the times where, where even Jesus practices self care. Many times we look at this passage and we think about all the things that it's telling us not to do, right? We, we look in it and we think to ourselves, right? We're supposed to give, right? That's a living sacrifice. We're supposed to give to God. But maybe Paul is just trying to incite for ourselves that we sacrifice who society thinks we should be, right? The society thinks that we should work these 80-hour work weeks. Society thinks that we should work until we have a heart attack. Society thinks that we should have millions and millions of dollars so that we can show our worth and value to society. Society says that we should only weigh a 100 pounds in order to be healthy society tells us that we have to do all of these things in order to actually have any sort of worth in society and you know what god tells us god tells us no i love you exactly the way you are maybe the living sacrifice that paul is calling us to is this understanding that we live in the nature and way of god's love and god's grace Paul's not trying to set up barriers to our faith. Paul is trying to open our faith to consider what it means to truly feel valued and loved in this world and to allow that love and grace to begin to define the ways in which we can care for ourselves. Because Paul has seen what a lack of self-care can do to churches, right? We can read so many of Paul's letters and we can see the ways in which churches that fail to care for themselves fail fail to be able to care for others. And that's what Paul is inviting us. Because that's where Paul starts. Paul calls us to be a living sacrifice. And then when Paul moves on in that passage, he moves on to begin to define the ways in which we can serve others. Right, he begins to call people to teaching, to preaching, to service, to giving. My uh, friends, we can't get there unless we truly understand our nature to be able to love and care for ourselves. Paul says not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because in that, Paul is inviting his listeners to know and understand the ways in which God has made us uniquely us. Self-worth tells us that our worth is not found in any of those number of factors Self worth is defined by who we are in here, who we are in relation to God, how we live and exist in this world. And so, friends, as we begin to define, as we continue to define self care, we start with self worth. Because in self worth, we name that we are worthy to care for ourselves. And it hurts and it pains me to have to say that in our contemporary society. But it's where we are. Because more often than not, we are told that we are not worthy unless we meet XYZ. And so we have to define what a healthy lifestyle looks for us. Now, when I say healthy, I'm not, I don't mean a diet plan. I don't, like, Again, I don't mean all of these things. And I've had to be so careful about using health, healthy, when I define self-care. Whether it's here in church, whether it's with my friends, whether it's on my podcast, it doesn't matter where it is. Like, I have to be careful because health itself comes with connotations. But you see, healthiness is what provides that, that mental, that spiritual, that emotional, that physical process. But here's the important thing. Only you can define what that means for you. Only you can define what that means for you. I think that a good understanding, a good example that we bring into this conversation revolves around our physical body. Because, I mean, that's, that's where Paul kind of goes here, right? We, 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 our bodies are living sacrifices, and so what is the way and nature that you care for yourself? That you care for 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 what you have so that you can go out and do the work that God is calling you to do. Is it a nap? For me sometimes a snack. Maybe it's a good hearty comfort food that really fills your belly maybe it's a run i actually think that one might just be me maybe it's any a number of things that help you in your physical form feel comforted refreshed relaxed because that is going to be the nature that self care helps to move us in a space to not only understand and know this love that comes from the inside That's why the name of the series, Love the Inside Job, because love, it starts here. Because friends, if we don't fill ourselves with love, then we're just trying to feed others from an empty cup. We have to know our own self-worth. Understanding ourselves, understanding what makes me, me. We don't just copy and paste. God doesn't just hit control C, control V for every human being. But see, the cool thing is that God takes so much time to mold and shape who each of us are. To know and understand that we are worthy to care for ourselves. Because God has great plans for us, amen? But God also knows that to accomplish those great plans, we need to be able to do that. And so we're called to be a living sacrifice, to give ourselves, to know that God loves us, to, yes, sometimes sacrifice some working hours, because on a scale of 1 to 10, my, my, my pain rating was a 10, and I needed a day off. Because I know that God has called me to be a pastor. God has called me to be your pastor. And I know that when I need to be in a situation to be your pastor, that this needs to be right. Clearly this doesn't need to be right. because, I mean, this just keeps happening. But this needs to be right. This needs to be right. My heart, not my arm. We're We're right here. My spirit needs to be right. I need to be in a place where I can be your pastor. And for so many of you, you need to be in a place where you can live and serve, whether it's in your vocation, in your ministry, in your mission, or in your faith. And that's what it means to live in this love and understanding of God. Amen. And now we, we come to a time of prayer. So so yeah, I you know I I broke my arm um, practicing self care. Uh, I was riding to church. Um, so. Uh, Prayers for me as we go along, Um, but I'm young and filled with youthful exuberance, so I'm sure I'll heal just fine. Um, And so uh, as we continue to pray, let us also continue to pray for for those in our community who continue to experience hurt and pain, uh, for those in our world that are living and existing in, in societies and systems of injustice and oppression, and let us continue to pray for the hurt of the world as well. As we always do, let us, in our time of silence, lift up those prayers that weigh heavy on our hearts. And as we pray to God, that God in his great mercy would hear our prayers. Let us pray.